We're continuing uh, in week three in our series called Unleashed as we're uh, studying the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's not too often that you might go to church and have a whole series on the Holy Spirit. But you, actually, a couple years ago, I felt like God was leading us as a church uh, to discover this third part uh, of the Trinity, this third part of, of who God is. We began in week one by talking about the fact that God is three in one, that he's Father and he's Son and he's Holy Spirit. And so often in churches, we focus on who God the Father is and we focus on, obviously, on Jesus um, who died for our sins so that we can have eternity with God in heaven. But I believe that uh, far too infrequently, we focus on the Holy Spirit moving in the life of the Christ follower. And so I wanted to, to dive in and have a whole message series where we focused on different aspects of God's Holy Spirit. And so we began in week one about talking about the fact that uh, you and I uh, receive God's Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. So if you're here today and, and you're, you have become a Christ follower, you gave your life to him, you became a Christian, you got saved. However, the terminology that you learned, uh, you received the Holy Spirit. You have everything uh, at your disposal that the Bible speaks of, all the power of God that the Bible speaks of uh, for daily living and for all the different gifts that he gives. And then we talked about the fact that you and I, because we go through our days and we're faced with situations that may drain us and we sin and we make mistakes and we have failures, that we can continually be filled with God's Holy Spirit and we can ask for him to fill us up, and, and that's something that I try to do every day, and we gave you a prayer several weeks ago that I encourage you to pray on a daily basis to ask for God's Holy Spirit to fill you up that day. And then last week, we talked about being counseled or guided by God's Holy Spirit, and we talked about the fact that he does that in a variety of different ways, but it's up, up to us to, to actually follow his Holy Spirit and to hear that still, small voice. And we talked about the fact that when we don't follow him 100%, it really is disobedience. And um, the, the results of that um, can be disastrous here on this side of heaven. And so we talked about being counseled. And you heard uh, Paula Dunn. You heard her testimony, our friend uh, who now travels all over the country and sings and gives her testimony all across the country. And, and how her whole life has just been guided by God's Holy Spirit, a tremendous uh, tremendous story, and her book is still available. We have a few copies of it left back at guest services. If you're interested in that, you can go back and buy that today uh, when the service is over. And today, um, we come to, we move from being counseled to God's Holy Spirit to being comforted by God's Holy Spirit. And the fact is, is that God's Holy Spirit has the ministry of comforting us when we need to be comforted. He, he, he can minister to us in a way that's not counseled by and it's not convicted uh, by uh, with sin. And we'll kind of touch on that next week. And being, being led to do ministry, we'll also touch on that next week. But it's being comforted by God's Holy Spirit. And I think today for many of you, this will be kind of an aha message. One that, you know, will just really, because of God's word, really just kind of um, open your eyes to the wonderful ministry that God's Holy Spirit can do if you allow him to in your life when you're going through difficulty. So I want to ask you a question this morning. You, you can raise your hand on this. Um, how many of you in your life have ever gone through a difficult circumstance? Raise your hand this morning. Right? Yeah, okay, great. Awesome, awesome. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. 
All right. Okay, if you, if you didn't raise your hand, just come on up here. You can preach this morning. Okay, all right? You got your sermon all ready to go. You're, you're good to go. Okay, all right. We all go through difficulty in life. We all go through circumstances um, where we may be hit like a ton of bricks with some kind of news, with some kind of information. Perhaps it's with something that we've done in the past that finally caught up to us. Maybe somebody's hurt us. Maybe some, someone has done something to us to hurt us. And we find ourselves in a situation um, where we're distraught. And we're worried and we're filled with anxiety. And we may even have despair. And we might even fall into depression. And I want to let you know today that the work of God's Holy Spirit in your life can bring comfort in the midst of your darkest moment. His work can bring you joy and, and peace and comfort when you don't even imagine that that's possible. And so today, before we dive in, let's just ask for him to be with us and to guide us as we open up his word and find out about how he comforts us. Holy Spirit, be in this place. Be with us. God, I pray that you would fill me and that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit right now. Would you make us, as we're going to sing later, more aware of your presence on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis in our life. And God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit that if there's anyone here today uh, who needs comfort in the midst of a storm, God, I pray that you would let them know that they can walk in peace despite the current circumstances. And I pray for a fresh wind of your Holy Spirit to breathe on the lives of those who are gathered here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, when I was growing up, um, my dad was a, a tough disciplinarian. How many of you grew up with a parent that was a tough disciplinarian? Okay, all right. Counseling session right afterwards. I'm just kidding. My dad was awesome. He was a tough disciplinarian, but he also uh, always expressed his love. He was a fantastic dad. He was a fantastic father and, it, and is to this day. He's a great grandfather. And uh, I remember uh, just kind of living in this, like, you know, healthy sometimes, maybe unhealthy other times, fear of like bringing home a bad grade, you know, or getting in trouble, which I didn't do a lot of, um, but definitely like on the, the academics, um, my dad was, he was tough, you know. And, and I was one of those students that I could study and study and like pour myself into it. And if I got a B in something, that was really good. I mean, that was just the way I was uh, growing up. And, and I would come home with C's sometimes and I just thought, oh, man, you know, dad's just, he's just not going to be happy about this. And he's going to come home from his trip and ask how school was. And he's going to ask how my grades are. And, I, you know, I'm either going to have to lie to him or I'm just going to have to tell him the truth and just, you know, say what it is. And half the time I think I lied and half the time I think I told the truth. But dad, uh, dad was tough on grades. And I remember being in college. Now, um, I was a, a business major to start out with and switched to pre-law. Um, so you can see God is just using every bit of my college education right now. I'm just, yeah. Uh, I was a business major to start out with, and I had microeconomics and macroeconomics. And I took macro first with a professor by the name of Dr. Lai. Okay, Dr. Lai taught macro. And the next semester, I took microeconomics, I kid you not, with Dr. Sin. Okay, so I had Lai and Sin for economics at Liberty University. It was awesome. <laughs> 
And uh, I did pretty well in macroeconomics. And um, then I went to my sophomore year, I went to do microeconomics. And there was something that changed in me um, from the time I was in macro to, to micro. Um, and that is, is I met a really hot young lady by the name of Cynthia Hennefield. <laughs> and I started dating her, and all I wanted to do was spend time with her. And, and so um, Dr. Lai and I didn't get along real well in microeconomics. And I ended up at the end of that semester um, getting, getting my grades, and I got a D. I got a D. I had never got, I might have gotten a D on a test or a quiz before, but I had never gotten a D ever in my scholastic career. I mean, you know, A's were awesome in my house. B's were acceptable. C's were, you know, questionable. Um, you did not get a D or an F, okay? So, like, that did not happen. And I remember driving those, um, you know, seven hours from Lynchburg, Virginia, back to Stone Mountain, Georgia, just scared to death to talk to my dad about this D that I got in Dr. Lai's class in microeconomics. And um, what I didn't know is he had gotten my grades even before I did, so he knew all about it. And uh, he said, hey, when you get home, let's go, to, let's go down to Applebee's. Let's just chat. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this is going to be awful. This is going to be terrible. And we sat down, and he looked across the table from me, and he said, you know what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, Todd. You know, it's, it's one grade. What'd you learn? What can you do better next time? But it's going to be all right. And I remember in that moment um, receiving this, like, comfort unusual comfort from my dad, who normally, like if that had happened, um, would have just, you know, kind of like come down on me pretty, pretty tough. And, and I watched him as he grew in his faith walk and, and still is growing in his faith, faith walk. But I remember in that moment receiving this comfort come over me. And it wasn't a, uh, you got out of it. He, he knew that like I struggled in these things. And that conversation led to a couple different conversations that led me to change my major and kind of reposition myself. And dad really guided me and counseled me in a way that I had not experienced before in my life and gave me comfort all through this. Even though I was part Partially to blame, even though, hey, Dr. Lai was tough. In fact, um, like he ended up failing half that class, which <laughs> gave me some more comfort. But anyway, um, and so, um, but dad gave me this comfort that I hadn't experienced at that point in my life. And when I think about, when I read about the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, I think about that moment sitting across a table at Applebee's receiving comfort from my disciplinary father. And I know that there are some of you who are here today, and when you think of God, you don't think of comfort, right? Like you think of maybe anger or discipline or harsh. Or, or maybe the, the word that comes to mind is, is that he's hard and difficult. But I want to let you know today that there's an aspect of the Holy Spirit of God that will bring you comfort. You know, it's interesting. Um, we all have emotions, don't we? We all have different emotions. And a lot of these emotions, I, I think, kind of center around the idea of worry or anxiety or fear or despair. And those emotions can come from a variety of different circumstances that we may have in our life. There, it may be a health issue that we're, we're facing. 
Um, as you know, my mom uh, passed away earlier this year uh, from a very short battle with cancel, cancer, and uh, there was a lot of worry and anxiety and fear and despair, but I, I got to tell you, there were also moments that God's Holy Spirit showed up for her and for my dad and for our family and me and my sister that were just precious. And even though she's gone and I miss her, I, I will never, never forget those times that we had. Some of you may be facing financial challenges today that are just overwhelming you, that are just causing so much fear and anxiety, like you wake up in the middle of the night and that's all you think about. And you may be a student in here, um, and, and I, I have a middle schooler now, and all of a sudden, like, the whole friend thing is becoming a deal, you know, and you may be faced with, um, like, friendships that are just really difficult, and you may actually be someone who's being bullied. And that's causing you a tremendous amount of fear and anxiety and desperation. God's Holy Spirit can work in that situation to provide you comfort. Maybe you're here today, and um, last night, Cynthia and I um, got to attend our, our partner, the uh, Low Country Crisis Pregnancy Center and Clinic. They had their 25th um, anniversary celebration and fundraiser last night. And I got to tell you, what a fantastic organization that you all brought in tons of clothes and diapers for last week. Thank you so much for bringing in um, just items that um, some of these unwed mothers and, uh, can use and, and people who are in crisis pregnancy situations. They have saved 20,000 lives over the past 25 years. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that awesome? Absolutely. But there are so many women and, and even some, you know, uh, partners that are with them that are in crisis, um, men who are scared and um, these ladies who are pregnant that are, are, are terrified. And, and they watch, in many cases, how they become Christ followers. And the Holy Spirit just provides comfort for them. The Holy Spirit can be a great comfort in our darkest day. And I want you to take a look. First of all, at Acts 9.31, you have your notes today. They're blank notes, uh, and uh, you can follow along with the actual notes online. Um, you can jump on your app there, or you can get them later if you want to on your computer. They're located under message notes, uh, but you can follow along. The, the notes will be on the screen here today, and uh, you can follow along. Acts 9.31 is talking about the first church. At the beginning of the church, it's the infancy of the church, and the church has gone through some persecution, and they're about ready to go through some more persecution. But there's this period of time in the church that we read about in Acts 9 where there's a peaceful time. Take a look at what uh, uh, Luke writes and how he describes what's going on in Acts 9.31. He says, so the church throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria, those are the three main parts of uh, where the church was growing at that time, had, what's that next word, had what? Peace. I want you to say that again. What did the church have? Peace. Do you need peace today? If you need peace today in a situation, take a look at this. And they, it was being built up and, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the, what's that next word? Comfort of the Holy Spirit. And it was multiplied. This is the first time that we see the Holy Spirit described as a comforter. And God's Holy Spirit comforts you and I. But we have to understand why and we have to understand how. And so in your notes today, there are several different things that I want you to discover about God's Holy Spirit. And it's kind of the how and why um, we can know that His Holy Spirit will provide us peace in our darkest moment. First and foremost, it's the fact that He is always with us. 
We talked about this in week one. He's always with us, John 14, 16, and I'm even going to read 17. I don't think it's going to be on the screen, but 16 and 17 of John 14, not John 24, like I said last week. I think I did that last week, but John 14, 16 says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Uh, That word translated is a counselor and guide, as we talked about last week. But there's another aspect to that word in the original language that means comforter. It also can mean comforter. To be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. That's verse 17. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. There's two things I want to focus on, and that is forever and dwell. Um, God's Holy Spirit, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, He is with you forever. And that word literally means from that point in time to the end of time. So through eternity, God's Holy Spirit will be with you. So God's Holy Spirit will indwell you. And that's the second word. That word literally, like the word there, dwells with you. It literally means to stay or remain. Um, And here's here's the, the picture of this, is that when you become a Christ follower, God's Holy Spirit is literally with you. Every moment of every day. When I was a teenager growing in my faith walk, and Jeff Cranston, who was my youth pastor, he's now the pastor of Low Country Community Church that helped start us. Um, Jeff described it this way. He said, hey, Todd, here's the deal. In terms of the Holy Spirit, like, you can picture that he's, like, right there next to you and beside you and with you. Picture that in your mind because guess what? He is. He is. And Jeff helped me, and this is not like a new age thing at all. Like, this is not like some kind of hocus pocus thing. Jeff helped me to begin to picture God's presence with me at all times. Uh, Some of you who are old enough, you'll remember the, the cartoons where there was a cartoon character, and when they were in a situation where they had a choice to make, and up popped in, you know, in the little like bubble thing, the little cloud bubble, the, the devil. You remember that? And then on the other side was an angel. You remember that? Or, or maybe it was a God, a picture of God. And, and that's like the picture that I had. You can get a glimpse into my teenage mind back then um, of God's Holy Spirit being with us. Not that the devil's with us. Okay, so take that one down. But God's Holy Spirit being with us, being present in our lives at every moment. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about that and the next point, there are two things that come to mind. Uh-oh. Right? Am I right? Like, if God's Holy Spirit is with me at all times, oh, no. <laughs> because I don't know if I want him being with me when I'm not doing what he has asked me to do. I don't know if I want him to be with me when my attitude stinks and when I'm not walking in obedience and when I'm willfully sinning. But the second part of that is, oh, yeah, that's incredibly comforting to know that he is always there at every step of the way. He's always there. The second thing is is this. He not only is with us forever, but he knows everything about us. Again, uh (laughs) uh-oh, and oh yeah, all right. 
Psalms talks about this. The psalmist David talked about this in Psalm 139 too. This is one of my favorite verses. I know I say that a lot, but this is one of my favorite verses. Psalm 139, verse 2. David is crying out to God, and he says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern, that word discern in the original language means to know or to um, have comprehension of. You know or you discern my thoughts from afar. And this, this afar thing, I want you to capture this. Please get this. If you don't, don't get anything else today. Um, that, that phrase there, um, you, you discern or you know my thoughts from afar, isn't talking about distance. When we think of afar, we're like, hey, hey back there in the back of the room. How you doing, Rob? Um, you know, it's not that kind of thing, not like far in terms of distance. That word literally means that he knows it before you do. Isn't that awesome? Like, he knows what you're going to think before you think it. Oh, no. And oh, yeah. Because in our despair, and that's what we're focusing on today, and in our discomfort, and in our worry, and in our anxiety, and in our fear, God knows that even before you do. And if you believe the Bible to be true, you've got to believe that he knows those thoughts. He knows that worry. He knows that fear even before you do. And thirdly, he prays for us even when we don't know what to pray. He prays for us. God's Holy Spirit prays for us even when we don't know what to pray. There have probably been, I'm guessing, times in your life where you had a situation that was so disconcerting, so heavy, so weighty, so incredibly um, worrisome that you literally didn't know how to pray. There were times in January and February and March of this year that that's where I was. But what the Bible says is that God's Holy Spirit prays for us. Romans 826 says this, this is Paul writing, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes, that's a big word for pray, for us with groanings too deep for words. Listen, if you're faced with a situation right now and you have no idea how that situation is going to turn out for the good, as Romans also says, of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And you don't know exactly like what even to say to God. Maybe you're afraid like I was a little bit in those months to talk to God because I, I don't know what would have come out. God's Holy Spirit knows that. And he understands that. And he's praying for you. Jesus also, the son, also has the ministry of intercession for us. Listen, um, we don't always have to know how to pray. When Jesus died on the cross, there was no reason anymore for a priest. We can go to God the Father ourselves. But listen, there are times when we're so overwhelmed and when we're so discouraged that we just don't know what to say. Well, if you're in that place right now, know that the Spirit of God knows exactly what to say on your behalf. He knows exactly what to say on your behalf. And then third, um, he is powerful enough to change our hopelessness. 
He is powerful enough to change our hopelessness. The Spirit of God working in your life can take the circumstance that you're currently in that is causing you so much fear and worry and anxiety and despair, and he can change that situation for the good. I believe that our God can do that. I hope you are here today and you believe that he can do that as well. But that doesn't always happen, does it? (laughs) If it did, we wouldn't even be having this message today because we would have no need for comfort because if he always took us out of the situation that caused despair, then there would be no, uh, uh, there would be no opportunity for you and I to rely on God's Holy Spirit to bring us comfort in that situation. And so we just have to be honest and say that God doesn't always remove us from the situation that causes us despair. He doesn't always remove that situation, you know, from us, one one thing or the other there. There are times when he allows that situation to continue and he does it for our good and for his glory every single time, irregardless of the outcome. But if you and I have to go through that situation, he is powerful enough to change our hopelessness, even if the situation doesn't change. Paul writes this in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That word abound means having large quantities of hope. Large quantities of hope. And then the last thing, that we need to understand about God's Holy Spirit is that he brings us comfort so that we then can be a comfort to others. You know, it may be a sense of peace that comes over you in the midst of the greatest storm of your life, but it also may be someone who comes in and helps counsel you. I've had to have that over the last year. Uh, Maybe it's someone who comes in and gives you some advice on like maybe how you can live your life differently to be able to deal with that situation differently. Um, Maybe it's a book that you read that's, um, you know, centered on God's word. God's Holy Spirit can work in a variety of different ways outside of his presence in your life. Because if he allows someone who's a person of faith to come and intersect with you, I believe that's God's Holy Spirit leading that person to counsel. And I believe one of the reasons that he allows us to be comforted is so we can be a comfort. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says, He who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we may be able, he's talking about the Holy Spirit here, we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so you and I can have the confidence that God's Holy Spirit will, can, and will Change our worry into calm. We can be confident that God's Holy Spirit will change our worry into calm. If you're worried this morning, that feeling is real. It may still rise up, but he can change that into calm. He can take your anxiety and change that to peace. He can take that thing that is waking you up in the middle of the night no matter how small or insignificant others might think it is. And he can change that into peace. You can have peace through the situation because God's Holy Spirit is providing you comfort. He can take your fear and change it 
into assurance. You can have assurance that it's going to be all right. Even though it may hurt, it's going to be all right. And lastly, he can turn despair into trust. He can turn despair into trust. Um, I, I love what Paul says in Philippians, and we're going to end with this this morning. Love what he says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says this, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, that's asking God, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And verse 7 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You can have peace in the midst of your current despair. You can. Not because of anything you did. Not because of anything that some self-help book tells you. Not because of any advice that you may have gotten online or some video you saw on Facebook that might be cute and silly, but it really does nothing because it's not from the Spirit of God. But you and I can have peace when we give our lives to Christ. We can have peace from God because His Holy Spirit resides in us if we will allow him to give us peace. See, I think sometimes we allow ourselves to just continue in despair. I have a tendency to do this myself. I'm just being honest with you. Because there's something about despair that kind of makes us feel a little bit better about our situation. You know, misery loves company, that whole thing, right? You know, Like sometimes we just kind of continue to wallow in that when we have the power of God in our lives. And we just need to, to be open to seeking comfort from him first and foremost, before anything else. Jesus talked about this in John 14, 26 and 27. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring, you, bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. And that we focused on that verse last week, but look at this next verse. Peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So my concluding challenge to you this morning is this. When our situations can't change, when our situations are what they are and they can't change, um, God's Holy Spirit can adjust our focus. He can, he can adjust our focus. Maybe it's just a tweak. Maybe it's a complete adjustment from beginning to end, but he can adjust our focus so that you and I can receive comfort that is a comfort that only God's Holy Spirit can give. Over this past year and a half, almost two years of my life, um, I've gone through some very dark days, and little did I know they would get darker in 2015, at the beginning of 2015. And I've had to have a lot of help through these days. Um, but the moments and the times when I've had that hopeless feeling and that fearful feeling, those moments and those times when I go to God's Holy Spirit first, is when he begins to lay the foundation for healing, complete healing in that situation. That's when he guides me to those people and those resources that can truly be a help. 
And my desire for you and for me is, is when our situation can't change, when it just is what it is, that we would get on our knees and that we would seek him out first for comfort in our lives, that we would stop first looking for comfort everywhere else, and that we would seek him first, the one who can bring peace in the midst of our storm. He can bring light into the midst of our darkest days. If we have him living in us and the power is right there, why not reach out and ask him, just simply ask him in your own words, God, please, may your Holy Spirit comfort me right now. So as we pray today, if you bow your heads in prayer, if you're here today and you're in a situation where it is dark, the seas are stormy, you really like sense that there is no hope for this to be resolved. My challenge, my invitation to you is if you're a Christ follower, if you're in here today and you believe in Jesus, if you have put your faith in him, that you have at your disposal the power of the Holy Spirit who can bring comfort in the midst of your darkest moment. He can bring peace in the midst of your greatest storm. Ask him just right now. Just ask him. And I want to give you a moment um, just to talk to him this morning. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're in high school or middle school or um, whether you're here and um, you're, you're a mom in this room. Maybe you're a single mom or maybe a single dad in here. And uh, life just really has seemed to um, bring you down. Your circumstances are absolutely not what you would have chosen. And you want to be removed from the situation that you're in. And maybe God will do that. He's powerful enough to do that. But you know, God's Holy Spirit doesn't always want to change the external circumstances of your life. What he really wants to do is he wants to change you from the inside out. So right now, just in the quietness of this room, if you're a Christian in here, in your own words, would you just talk to God silently? just going to give a few moments of silence for you just to talk to him and ask him to give you peace and comfort. Ask him to be the leader of peace in your life. Ask him to be the one that leads you to a place where you receive comfort in the midst of your current trial. Just right now in the quietness of this room, just talk to God. today and everything that we've sung about and talked about so far um, maybe something just clicked in your heart and in your mind and um, maybe you just happen to be here with a friend and uh, you've never put your faith in Jesus the, the story is is that God sent his son to die on the cross to take your sin away forever, past, present, and future sins. Everything that you'll, everything you've ever done, everything that you're currently doing, everything that you'll do in the future. And the Bible says He cast them as far as the east is from the west. They're gone. And when you believe in Him, the Bible says that you 
can have the hope of being in heaven with God when you die. And you can receive the Holy Spirit at that moment and be led and be guided and be counseled, but also be comforted by him. So if you're here today and you've never believed in Jesus, you've never put your trust in him, I want to invite you to do that right now. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray it out loud. You can pray it silently. When you're done, I'd love to see if you prayed that prayer just so I can pray for you. I won't call you up or ask you to stand or anything like that. But just in the quietness of this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you want to put your faith in Jesus, just I'm going to ask you to invite you, challenge you to just repeat this prayer. God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And today, I give my life to you. I choose to believe in you, Jesus, for my salvation. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. May I be anchored to you and your word in my life from here on out. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up high so I can pray for you. Would you raise it up high this morning? Awesome. Anyone else this morning? Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else this morning? Raise your hand up high so I can see it. Awesome. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer and it was the first time, I want to encourage you to fill out that card at the bottom of your notes and turn it in after the service is over. God, thank you for those who are here today and raised their hand and received you as their Savior. God, I thank you for that. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice. And God, I thank you for those who gave a burden to you, who reached out to you, to your Holy Spirit, to comfort and to guide. And I pray that you would lead us and guide us. And God, you say that when two or three or more are gathered that you are there in our midst. And so we recognize this morning that your Holy Spirit is here in this place. Help us, God, as we walk in our lives this week to be much more aware of you leading and guiding and counseling and comforting us. May your Holy Spirit be our guide. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.